When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And I'm your host, Craig Fay. And this week we are talking about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with a very, very special guest. We've got Alfie Brown, ho- uh, sorry, Alfie Brown, hot off of his our special imagination you guys can check that out on youtube how you doing alfie i'm really well actually i'm feeling in a very good frame of mind and i'm already enjoying this that was the i think one of the finest podcast introductions i've ever heard (laughs) (laughs) oh my god alfie i gotta say i know we haven't met before but i'm already just loving your pick like i'm already in i bought into alfie brown already i'm in (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so this is your suggestion, right? Uh, yes, you, yeah. you came with us to this movie. So what's your what's your history with this movie? Like, when did you foresee it? Like, what? why, why this movie? Um, I think uh, because I had quite a troubling relationship, not just with the movie, but with what the movie said about me as a human being. Because I think it was one of my first, it was one of my favorite movies as a teenager. And... I think that I wanted to be Jack Nicholson. And then the more that I watched the movie, the more that I watched the movie, I realized that I, I, kind of each time I think a new awful thing that that said about me as a person. Yeah. Um, and I think he's a really interesting, uh, he's a really interesting character because I think it, it, in, in terms of our, our life's mission to gain more uh, self-awareness, to know ourselves better and therefore to live life to a, a greater and fuller capacity, um, it, it's, it's a harrowing journey sometimes. And to realize all the awful things that you loved and therefore tried to have in common with uh, <laughs> Randall Patrick McMurphy. <laughs> Oh my god! You're like, um, oh god! In retrospect, I was the monster. In, in fact, when I, in, uh, where I don't, I don't have it up here. Damn it! Because when I was, because I, I, we were meant to record this um, the other week, but didn't due to various issues regarding whatever. And uh, I had my um, my McMurphy woolly hat on as well, <laughs> um, but, but sadly, sadly not today. Yeah, uh, I I also I think I first saw this movie as like a teenager as like one of those things where it's like this is this is like a movie you need to see like this is required mm. watching and like rewatching it for this episode I was like I don't know if we've just been doing this podcast too long but I was like <laughs> I don't I don't see it I don't see her as the villain I don't see her so it was like oh yeah like yeah. she okay we have to admit she has one moment and we'll yeah. talk about that a little later but she does have one moment where I'm like okay that makes you the villain but everything outside of that the build of her yeah I'm like, this is a woman she's probably making minimum wage come on <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's head nurse. I hope she's making a little more than minimum wage. But, um, but I guess she's for, a woman in the '60s. Come on, and we'll get we'll get into that too. Uh, but uh, I guess for those uh, people who have not seen the movie, uh, basic plot of uh, one flew over uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest is uh, 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 we have our our main guy uh, McMurphy who shows up to uh, this basically mental health. Is it an insane asylum back then? I don't know. It's a hospital anyway, like for a mental is health hospital. A, is there a name that they give it? Uh, a mental institution. Mental institution. Mm, an and institution, I like that. <laughs> coming off of uh, a work detail, he's in prison for uh, a statutory rape. Fighting is, in fucking duck. Yeah. <laughs> Which they really, I feel like they slide that in and he gives this explanation where you're supposed to be like, yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, that's going to be a no for me. Thank you. Uh, Oh, she was 15 going on 35. Well, that makes sense. And not. (laughs) 
<laughs> like it's just <laughs> Um, anyway, we're already getting into Sorry, it. I'm already off the rails. Oh, I yeah, can't help rails. myself. But uh, basically, it turns out that they think that he's faking it. So he's there for evaluation. And uh, at, at a certain point, we were introduced to Nurse Ratchet, uh, who uh, is kind of in charge of the people, uh, the patients there. And McMurphy just basically decides that he's going to bug her and try and annoy her. And it turns out that that results in him a whole bunch of hijinks in there that we'll talk about. But that ends up getting him being committed. Uh, he then throws a big drunken party where he sneaks uh, sex workers and alcohol into a mental hospital uh, and uh, gets one of the patients uh, to have uh, has sex with one of the, the women. And then that kind of results in that person's suicide. And then Nurse Ratchet flips the fuck out and McMurphy tries to strangle her and they lobotomize him. Did I miss any like salient points? Like that's just a quick um, one over. I think the the chief who represents um freedom beyond uh, the system. Uh right. the chief is he 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 um he breaks uh, himself out. So there is there is some semblance of freedom from the order. Uh, that is portrayed as the villain in the film, but actually, uh, yeah, that's something we can disentangle at a later date. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but also, Billy, another thing that is sort of slid under the carpet as as uh, as is the mention of statutory rape that we just meant to go. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Um, is uh, is Nurse Ratchet threatens to tell Billy's mother about yeah. him getting off with the sex Woo. worker and then he goes well I'm I I'd rather off myself than have uh, which I think is another uh, uh another nod towards the idea of authority figures and uh Billy being in 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 the thrall of his mother and a a mother figure being the dominant uh person in his life that he can't break free of yeah. Oh, so, yeah. She's so the guess, real villain. She's the villain. I'm Billy's sorry. Mother. This, yes, Billy's mother, <laughs> the woman you never see, is absolutely the worst villain in this film. Okay, because every time, like, I think they only mention her, I want to say, twice. And every time, a chill just goes down your spine. You're like, this poor man. Billy's like, it's like Billy and the chief, and those are the only two people I care about. <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody else. I'm, I'm like, friends yeah. with your mother, Billy. Oh, chilling. Oh, no. I hated that so much. That was uh, the only time where I was like, she's going off the rails. I don't like this. Yeah. This Ratchet is an evil person here. Everything else, I'm like, I could kind of justify that other stuff. Nurse Ratchet is like the Darth Vader to uh, Billy's mum's The Emperor. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think we would all pretty much agree. I think the intended villain of this movie then is Nurse Ratchet, right? That's not even a, like, I don't even think that's yes. up for debate. And somehow not the man that raped a 15 year old <laughs> somehow through movie magic <laughs> we can still follow this man's tale well yeah. to hollywood Come he's on. the hero <laughs> uh but just very quickly before we get a little bit more into that i just uh very quickly do want to remind our viewers that uh, next month june is our audience choice month uh so you guys are going to pick all the movies that we're doing in june um if you're not a patron yet you can head over to patreon.com slash the villain was right and sign up uh, at our two-face level or above to vote in this month's poll. It's up now. And as well, if you're if you're not on Patreon, if you you can't support us, we are running a Twitter poll. So one uh, one episode next month is going to be picked by you on Twitter. Uh, that's going to be up today as this episode comes out. It's going to run for a whole week. Uh, so go sign up. Uh, check us out there at VWR Podcast. And uh, at, now let's just get back into it. So fucking <laughs> Nurse Ratchet. Um, I will point out our favorite thing, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. This movie starts on Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, it that's how you know on it's good. Villain. When you She's start on up the villain, work. it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to notice that she has some points. Um, before we get into anything, I would like to uh, everyone to note that this woman's name is Mildred. Okay, <laughs> Mildred Ratchet. This poor woman, oh my God, can you imagine walking around with that name and having no attitude? 
You got to have a bit of attitude if that's your name. Okay, if that's your name, that's the name you scream when you wake up from nightmares. You scream your own <laughs> name. It's terrifying. Mildred Ratchet. Oh, my God. Chilling stuff. <laughs> that poor woman, whoever her parents are, other villain of this movie, whoever named that woman. <laughs> are you saying that there might be a kind of boy named Sue type effect with Mildred Ratchet that she might have been Mildred Ratchet to the like lived as Mildred Ratchet for too long and therefore needed to subvert what her name represented to her by being Absolutely. a domineering <laughs> pill pusher. Mildred oh but I mean Do you not know any Mildreds <laughs> I don't think so I don't know no I think my grandmother probably did uh but that's you know that's a generational yeah. thing <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, like, so Alvi, you mentioned pill pushing and like, that's the other thing that like really switched around on me, like on this watch of the movie was like, I do remember this movie being like, she is this weird authority figure. She goes too far. And I remember it as being that the, the patients were constantly drugged up. And on this watch, that's not how I saw it. Like, it seemed to be that she was insistent that they take their medication. But at no point did we see like the medication was making them slow or like more compliant or like, as far as we know, that's just the medication that everybody needed to deal with their mental health issues. Like, am I, did I read that wrong? Like, um, I, I think essentially the thing is about, at least as far as McMurphy is concerned, and I can't speak to the other ones like Billy and um, what's the short guy who keeps on having child like tantrum kind of things? Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) A very short, uh, oh, he's always been short. Who looks a little bit like that. that, um, No, anyway. Danny DeVito. That that blew my (laughs) mind. Oh, by the way, that's the first time I got the uh, the It's Always Sunny reference. I didn't oh, realize yeah. that that was a reference to this movie. Yes. Anyway, that's, that's uh, here, they're there. I um, I feel like the, the, he needs the order that is presented because he needs something to fight against. He's, he's terrified of the chaos. He doesn't want to live in Mad Max Fury Road. He needs the structure so that he has something to go to go up against, to rut horns with. He needs to be the other. He can't be like every other. He needs to be the other going against something. So I, uh, the, the pill pushing is an interesting thing because I don't think, I think you're absolutely right. It's not like they're zombified, drugged up. It just gives them a system and a, and a level of well-being that they can operate with inside. And it's like, um, I don't know if you know, the, the, um, the you know, uh, what's it, uh, the Leviathan, Tom Hobbs thing uh, that the government is appalling, but it's but it's uh, it's it, you can't get angry at it for taking away your personal freedoms because it is better than the alternative. You right. have to give government its its due that at least it's not utter chaos where we're all murdering each other. So no matter how much you hate whoever is in charge, <laughs> at least there isn't just a fuck of chaos everywhere, and we're all eating each other's. Thorax is out constantly. <laughs> or however you would kill anybody. However, you know. I mean, I'm more of a, that. you know, I'm more of a, 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 a hamstring kind of guy. You know, oh, you. Then <laughs> stop them from getting away. But, you know, everyone's cannibalism choices is their own. I'm, a, you know, uh, your body, your cannibalism <laughs> choice. Uh, but, yeah, the, 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 that's the other thing I got from this is, like, Ratchet is just authority that uh, McMurphy hates. Like, I was so blown away. When McMurphy first shows up on screen, I was like, oh, I know this guy. He's got this shit-eating grin. And of course he does because he's Jack Nicholson. Uh, (laughs) But like, this shit-eating grin. And it just reminded me so much of like that first day of class in high school when that kid walks in in the Rage Against the Machine hoodie and is like, this teacher's never had anybody speak their own mind to them before. <laughs> Wait till this teacher at note gets a student that questions their authority. And they're like, they've never dealt with a student like me before. And it's like, they have. 
they have dealt with a student like you every semester for the past 20 years. Yes. <laughs> and if you try and kick over all the desks, no one's going to learn. Please. I think oh, that is came the, here to learn. That point, I think, uh, hits upon the very zenith of my journey of uh, self-discovery from 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 loving R.P. McMurphy to loathing myself. I think <laughs> so uh, that is, uh, yeah, I'm, I am the renegade of this atomic age, this atomic age of renegades. Uh, and no, 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 actually I'm not. I'm just like everybody else. I think a better version of or, uh, this, this complaint with, the, uh, with society, with how to exist within society is, is uh, a better, have you seen Cool Hand Luke? Not actually. Oh, no, Paul I don't Newman. think so. Oh, it's 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 the same, it's the same dynamic, structural dynamic, uh, but uh, more subtly done, I think. <laughs> anyway, a, one for another time. Whatever the fucking the police chief's name in that is is um, <laughs> is a is a villain for another time. In fact, I'm going to become a Patreon now and force you to do that so I can listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, we'll we'll take your money. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like so many of the things McMurphy does. I'm just like, you're the you're the asshole here. Like, like first of all, he is faking mental illness to get out of work. And and the thing I love about like that first scene is like they list all the things that he's there for. And it's like, you give attitude when you're doing work and you're belligerent and all the rest. And they go, by the way, none of those are mental conditions. (laughs) 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 We think you're faking it and you're just here to evaluate. Like they're not like overly diagnosing somebody as like, you are a problem child. Therefore you are, uh, you are mentally unwell and we're going to dope you up and put you in a straitjacket forever. They're like, we know you're faking. And that would have been the end of it if he hadn't stolen a boat. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, why, I, why after he steals a boat, do they not go, just go to prison, mate? You're just, a, just yeah. go to prison. You are the only one who doesn't have obvious, severe learning difficulties. Everybody else here does. They need help. You've just stolen a boat and put them on. <laughs> um, and I just think there are better ways... <laughs> to go about the feelings that you're having, then like also if there is- Does he need therapy? 100%. Oh, absolutely. Every day of his life. Certainly. And maybe some mood stabilizers. I didn't I didn't feel like mood stabilizers worked for me, but I, I then I never stole a boat. Um, <laughs> so You haven't? I highly recommend. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I've never okay. stolen. Well, close. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway- a canoe. <laughs> Rebecca's like checking her calendar right now to see when the statue of limitations is up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'll tell that story. And we'll tell that story. Yeah. There's a. Uh, uh... Well, I think the thing that really gets me is that this guy has zero remorse. Okay. Because if he came in and was like, listen, like, I didn't know that girl was, well, still, I hate that chill goes down my spine as soon as I start even pitching it. But the idea that he even doubled down after he was like, oh, and I see that you've raped someone. And he's like, well, come on, doc, you got a dick. I got a dick. We both understand each other, don't we? And it's like, how is that your answer? I see your point of view. (laughs) That's what he says. The, The doctor says quite sort of stoically. Mm. Mm. Mm, actually, yes, I do. Yes. Oh. Red beaver. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's oh, God. <laughs> After that, I was just like, yeah, you know what? I can't believe I didn't. The only thing I remembered from this movie, I had watched it once. Like, I think when I was a teen, as we all watch, mm. you know, that's the time you watch this movie. And the only thing I remembered was as soon as Billy shows up, I'm like, no. Like I just started screaming at the screen because that was the only thing I remembered. Fuck! Like this guy's gonna die. Oh no, he's so sweet. Like, well, and uh, yeah, and like speaking of Billy and the other um, patients, is it, 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 it's sort of at the moment, like when at the end when McMurphy like launches at uh, Ratchet and is like strangling her, and like even when he's like. Uh, having a party for them and he's, you know, getting uh, Billy laid or whatever. Um, 
it's played off as like McMurphy kind of likes these people now. So he's doing something good for them. But like, <laughs> if he had any sense around him, he would know that none of the things that he have, has done for them are good. Like, like Alfie, as you mentioned, uh, there's definitely people there who, who like a schedule and freak the fuck out if they can't follow the schedule. And he's like, you know, what's best for that guy. <laughs> Steal a boat. <laughs> Yes, but emotional intelligence doesn't strike me on uh, as, as high on McMurphy's list of uh, accolades. Uh, he he he's out for himself, and I think that the closer that he gets to these people and wanting to do, he 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 doesn't really have the wherewithal to summon the idea that what might be best for him or what he wants isn't necessarily what other people want. He sees yeah, that's exactly. the world as as a place where you fight and fuck where but, <laughs> uh and i i, I completely agree it's such I, a I fun think, it's i don't I, like regardless it's just a fun thing to say oh, fight and fuck, fight and fuck. <laughs> much fighting and fucking dark um uh and he's he's trying to feign um mental illness so that he can get into um uh in in, in out of prison that's right isn't it yeah, it's it's, yeah so he doesn't have to be at the work camp so he doesn't have to be at the work camp yeah and it what the movie tries to play over is this idea of well maybe maybe they're sane and we're all crazy <laughs> <laughs> and th- th- this behavior is not sustainable there is there is a, a room to let your hair down a little like, hey we might want to play a little hey let's set limits for the card table everybody Let's yeah. limit to the mm-hmm. card table. By the way, gamble responsibly, everybody. That's what we all need to be aware of, says <laughs> McMurphy. Okay, gambling is a highly addictive thing, and you all are uh, uh, emotionally susceptible to the endorphin rush of winning a big hand. That doesn't mean you're more likely to win another one. And I just want you to all know, as my fellow inmates here, that it is incumbent upon you to gamble with the utmost responsibility. Okay? Because I know you're all extremely mentally unwell. Yeah, that's, that's none a message that. that's definitely going to get through to the guy who doesn't, who literally doesn't know to stop hitting at 21. Like that's a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, and I do want to bring this up because like you mentioned the gambling and the thing that throws um, one of his friends, one of the patients into such a tizzy is that Ratchet has their cigarettes. She has kept their cigarettes behind the counter. And the reason for that. And by the way, everything that Ratchet does, if someone asks her why, she gives a calm and reasonable response. And this response in particular is so damning because she's like, I kept your cigarettes behind the counter because McMurphy is running a scam where you're all mentally uh, incapable of... winning this card game and saying, no, you are all losing your cigarettes. And if you lose your cigarettes, you're not going to have any. So we need to restrict the supply. Like that is so reasonable. (laughs) It is literally stopping somebody from taking advantage of uh, mental health patients. It's like, it's, it's, it's so clear night and day that she's right there. It's unbelievable. Uh, that's uh, that's very well observed. I have I have very little to add to your good point. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, no, I'll just uh, yes. I'll just uh, I'll just go. That was that was that must have been good for everybody listening. You making yeah. that good point. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have say to add to it. There were moments where I was like, okay, these group sessions seem hard. <laughs> like really, like I don't know if it's helping or whatever. But I just started to look at that like. It's almost like the public uh, school system. I'm like, you can't have a man-on-man situation with these guys. There's not enough of you. You have to have these group therapy sessions because there's not enough nurses to like sit you down one by one. You each get your individual time or whatever, but let's all sit down. Let's discuss this openly as a group, even though apparently this goes bad every time. (laughs) We're going to keep going. We're going to push. I believe in you. Nurse Ratched believes in you. She starts with breathing exercises too. Like I, I think I got like this movie confused with another one where it's like, yeah, people are in like chains in a dungeon and it's like, they're being neglected and stuff. And I was like, no, 
this is nice. Like they're doing breathing exercises. They get to go to the pool. They get to go on day trips. Like it's not this um, barbaric thing. Like there, there is barbarism of the 1960s mental health uh, thing. And yeah, we can get to that. But yeah, it's like she's doing breathing and stretching exercises to start group therapy. I'm sure that like there must be some sort of 2020 re-edit where they take out all the awful shit she did because I so remember disliking her when I was a teenager (laughs) they must have like withdrawn the bits where she's like kneecapping them and bullying them and abusing them and putting cigarettes out on their nails and whatnot like them I I cannot believe that I was that taken in with the (laughs) with the narrative that the film broadly speaking suggests to those who are impressionable I mean, also like the the casting of God, we're just we're just dysfunctional men, and nobody understands us. Just the men hanging out, being all oh somber and sad because nobody quite understands our weird intricacies. Oh no, it's the baddies, that woman and her black men. And you go, oh <laughs> my, like wowzers, balls. Are we all gonna just <laughs> like the cast of villains get <laughs> some black dudes yeah. with their head woman, the evil woman and her t- I mean, I couldn't believe how jarring that was to rewatch in our um often overreactive modern climate, but I do think any um any reaction to this film uh, might be absolutely bob on, actually. Yeah. You know what I think is part of the problem? When you watch this as a teenager, you're like, oh, listening to music I don't want to listen to is pure torture. You're like, this is this is inhumane. This is insane. And then when you're over 30, you're like, yeah, I've had a job before. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, we're fine. We've all worked at a mall, okay? It's going to be all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just different depending on what age you're at. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, you can't watch the World Series because you have to be out tonight. Sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you're scheduled. You're gonna miss the World Series. I know Somebody's this is got like responsibilities. This is 1963, and you can't record and watch it later. But like, still, you know, we've all missed something because we had like something else going on. And again, that. Her reasoning for that is like, can we change the schedule to watch the World Series? And she's like, no, it's very important to a lot of the men on this ward that that we follow the schedule. Uh, And we see what happens when they don't follow the schedule. And it's fucking chaos. So like, she's right. She's born out there. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you're right. We've had this before. Absolutely. You know what we don't see too, and I think has a huge impact on how you view the film, is you never actually see what the people are doing on their day trips. Like you don't actually see, you always see them leaving. They're going to go have fun, but because they're having fun without Mick Murphy, it's like, oh, like this woman's a villain. And it's like, no, like the people that are allowed to go out, go out and have fun. But because you're not a part of it, you have to make it your thing again. Yeah. And yeah, and, and very clearly, he didn't go on the day trip that they were planning to go on yes. just because he wants to be with these people. He wanted to do what he wanted to do, uh, which was stealing a boat with and going fishing. And, 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 and a school bus. And I'm not sure if that gets yes. recovered or damaged, but that's the school bus en route to a boat, just in case he wasn't... <laughs> Just in case he wasn't going to be in trouble enough or that he hadn't, you know, already crossed off enough of the uh, uh, the things that he wasn't able to do on his driver's license. You know, it's it's the old saying, uh, why stop at Grand Theft Auto when you can go right to Grand Theft Boat? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's <laughs> it's like that last card on the punch card. You got to go to the next level. Oh, <laughs> Might yeah. as well. That one's a freebie. <laughs> well, Does he get an electric men- shock? Sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, does he get electric shock? That's what they, she then gives him electric shock therapy for stealing the boat and the and the bus, isn't it? Uh, I don't think it was actually for that. It's they get in a fight and they deck the the um, the orderlies. I think over over the uh, uh, I think it was over the World Series. Like he gets them all riled up and then they try and calm them down and he basically starts a fight. Was that not it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. The shock shop, the shock, the shock shop. Yeah, uh, which is not easy to say. It, it, even more difficult if you are in fact suffering inside the shock shop. Which 
kind of brings me to another villain of this, which I think is separate from Ratchet, which is sort of the barbarism of the 1960s mental health system. Like lobotomies are purely barbaric. Uh, you, You should not be giving people lobotomies. Um, I think shock therapy from what I've heard. <laughs> Sorry, but that is a moral message from the podcast. Now, anybody who was on the fence about it before, <laughs> you, you should not be giving people lobotomies. So if you are, if you're in the this middle podcast of one. <laughs> urges you to stop and to reconsider what you've been doing. Uh, <laughs> drop your scalpel. Just yeah. Step away from the table. Don't do Just that. say no to... Frontal lobotomies. Uh, lobotomy no, patients, like, interestingly, they can they can sense pain. They know when they're experiencing pain, but they don't have the wherewithal to wear to say whether they like it or they don't like it. They're just yeah. aware of it, like lobsters. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. I, I, I did a little reading on lobotomies, and it's fucking horrifying. Yeah, uh, Rebecca, yeah. this will get your blood boiling. Oh. Uh, it's also an incredibly sexist thing. So in Ontario, where we live. Uh, 74% of lobotomies uh, in Ontario between 1948 and 1952 were done on women. Oh, my God. They probably performed them with a dildo, too, knowing these (laughs) bastards. God damn it. (laughs) Always. It's always the women. If they're anything like me, that's exactly how they perform their lobotomies. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes, the Kennedy uh, daughter, she was lobotomized, wasn't she? Was she? Yeah, the Kennedy daughter who was sort of a bit, I don't know, she liked... She she wasn't behaving as befits a Kennedy, so that they had her lobotomized. That that good old JFK, the pride of America, um, (laughs) and his lobotomized sister. Wow! Um, Oh, it was his sister. Okay, it was his sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he one of his sister got lobotomized when she was because she was a bit of a tear away. And yeah, no, I think it was um, done more to women who weren't behaving as women um, should. Use that word advisedly. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yes, uh, no, electroshock therapy as well. I don't know. I think that has a, you know, it's not as deeply unpleasant. And I think it actually still goes on in some sort of prescriptive senses sen- sen- today. I, know yeah, I don't Lou, know enough to comment on that, but like Lou it Reed seems was. Um, <laughs> Lou Reed was prescribed electric shock therapy to cure. To, his parents sent him to go and have electric shock therapy um, to cure his. Uh, burgeoning homosexuality or bisexuality um which he wrote loads of good stuff about so you know not every cloud but um (laughs) um, uh but but you know i'm i'm certainly reaping the benefits of that um when i listen to electroshock blues well and it's funny because one of the not funny but it's an observ- <laughs> it's an observation that is uh that is apt i guess is the better way to put that uh is that like one of the characters in this is basically um in the mental institution because he is uh a homosexual um which was categorized as mental illness back then right so despite the fact that like everybody there is pretty much uh, self-admitted and can leave at any time. It's like, that, that's the other problem. So not only are there like basically these barbaric, barbaric techniques that they're using, but they're also a weird group of people who don't all have mental illnesses. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, but this isn't, this, these are surely things that the film when it was being made would have overlooked. And sure. would have overlooked yeah. because of the cultural differences of the time. And therefore it isn't, embedded in the in in the artistic message of the film what that we can say that it fails as a film because it overlooks these things given our uh, progressed sense of morality in 2021 but in terms of what the actual film wants us to feel about villains and heroes it's the villain of the film whilst its face might be nurse ratchet in a sense is plainly speaking authority yeah and uh, it's the it's only by breaking, but as well as being the villain, it's a necessity, and that's I think the most interesting thing about the film is that the the everything that frustrates the the hero and his companions is exactly the thing that they can't live without. Yeah. Yeah, none of these people are okay if Nurse Ratchet disappears tomorrow. <laughs> like that's not a <laughs> that doesn't solve anybody's problems. 
And also, yes. you know, when she comes in, it seems like all of the employees like her, which yeah. I think is important. Everybody that works with her does enjoy everything's good morning. Hello. How are you? Da, 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 da. Like, yeah, but that's like it's and it's you can have a job and you can go to work and then you can get a bottle of wine and then you can watch a movie and then you can go to work the next day. And then some mad renegade comes along and goes, hey, you working for a living for who? For a big company. Fuck <laughs> that. That's for losers. What you want to do? You want to smoke a joint and come with me and not work another day in your life? And you think I've been working for a company, a millionaire for ages. I'm gonna quit my job. I'm gonna smoke a little doobie. I'm gonna go and listen to the music that I want to listen to and sleep with who I want to sleep with. And then you wake up in a month and you stink and you've got no job and no money and you're hungry and everything's shit. And it's really easy to think that you might be better off without it. And this like, sounds like a lot of stand-up comics that I know, by the way. <laughs> it's all stand-up. Yes. Comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> there is nothing more like reactionary than the stand-up's view of the world. Well, there are, oh, oh, and so many conspiracy theorists in stand-up, I've noticed. Yeah. Oh, so many. And it's only, it's never like a, a handsome or pretty stand-up whose career is going really well. <laughs> It's always a stand-up who's been going quite a while and hasn't made it to where they want to be. Yet. Yeah. And then maybe that is because the Jews own the banks. Maybe <laughs> that's why I'm not where I want to be. And you think, you bitter loser. Get a grip. Well, and that's that's there's a line in this that rings so true to that where um the doctor is asking McMurphy what his problem with Nurse Ratchet is. And he just goes, She's not honest, she likes a rigged game. And at no point throughout this entire movie up to this point, have we seen her be dishonest or Mm. rigging games? She's just told him no. Like, that's the only thing. I think that's right after he calls her the uh, C word, which Rebecca can repeat. I won't. Uh, Oh, cunt? (laughs) Well, so can Alfie's in... (laughs) Aren't you over in England right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that nurse ratchet, she's something of a cunt. Yeah, That is, I think, my favorite line in the whole film. (laughs) Something of a cunt. It's all like in Warren G and uh, Nate Dogg's Regulate, uh, uh, Nate Dogg, I think, has the line, uh, they are screaming and are yelling, it's a tad bit late. And just these little tiny English bits of phraseology in a context where you wouldn't expect it. So something of a, it's just something of a, uh, it's such an old English, well, it's just something of a card shark, I think our uh, Timothy, he's a something <laughs> of a cunt is so funny. <laughs> and screaming and a yelling after gunshots, it's a tad, it's just a tad bit late actually for that, screaming and a yelling. Um, um, so yeah, two, two, two of my personal favorite moments in anything. I did want to quickly circle back to something that you said, Rebecca, where it's like people respect Nurse Ratchet as she comes in. And there's a very particular point that shows how well-respected she is, where it's like, once again, this is the 1960s. Uh, She is head nurse, and she is in a room with all the doctors and experts who are evaluating McMurphy's case. And they all turn to her and they go, we respect your opinion. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like, I, it, that's got to be super rare for a professional woman in the 60s to be in a room full of men and have them all turn to her and go, well, you know, we have all these PhDs in psychology, but what what do you think? And we'll go with your recommendation. Like, that's huge. Yes, plus she says to keep him and she could have made him not her problem. Like right yes. there, she could have made him not her problem. Like, yeah, he's fine. Get him out of here. Like, I don't want to deal with this guy anymore. And I know that moment is supposed to seem like it's almost like she's a spider that has this person in her web. She's like, no, we're mm. going to keep him here. I'm going to keep controlling this person. But on upon second rewatch, that is not how I read that scene at all. She seemed very genuine. Like, no, like, let's keep him here. Let's see if he improves. And that wouldn't be my answer when I'm like, this guy is a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> and causing harm to the other patients too, like like uh, stopping their progression or, or their treatment. Yeah. I mean, I think that's when I would have, that's that's when I think Nurse Ratchet is, uh, 
is is guilty of a, a bit of hubris. I think she's going. Oh, I can do this. I'm pretty good at my job. Actually, I'm pretty good. I think I'm a pretty good care worker. Actually, I can sort this guy out. No, you've bitten off more than you can chew, and he's actually uh, uh, working to the detriment of your other uh, people. But I think she loves the idea of creating order, and therefore she she doesn't. She she completely overlooks the possibility that she might not be able to handle something, and I again think that is representative of more broadly speaking society at large. Is it's so pervasive that it thinks it can handle anything, uh, and thinks that it can put up with anything, and in fact, uh, a lot of the time, cannot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Take that, history teacher. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah yeah and and i think to cycle back i think the one part where you're like she does cross the line into villainy a little bit is that point where we talked about right at the beginning where after the party after they fucking trashed the place and uh did all kinds of things she threatens to tell Billy's mother, which results in his suicide. Um, I don't think that is a thing that you should do as a mental health professional. Certainly not. <laughs> Certainly not. I think there's like, oh, I, Billy. Mommy. Billy <laughs> is an adult. There should be some like, uh, you know. Um, no. Plus, it always freaks me out when parents are like, I need to know where my children's genitals are where they have been, where they're going. Like, it's not, no, cut, section that out. I don't like that. We don't need it. <laughs> I have quite a free and frank um, uh, discussion on these subjects with my mother, but I don't think she'd ever um, need to know where my genitals have been. But if it comes up, she's more than happy to know. I mean, I've, I, um, I've, 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 I've coached her through some Tinder chats in my time, my mother. Oh um, my God, that is, you are a stronger human than I. I just, well, I just want my mother to be, you know, happy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and if that involves uh, sorting her out with, she said to me the other day, sorry to digress at all, but she no, said to me the other day, she, encourage. I, uh, she said, I'm talking to all these blokes on this app. I just can't imagine shagging any of them. And I went, well, yeah, but like, <laughs> but when you've been out for a drink with one of them, then you probably will be able to imagine shagging them. You're not meant to immediately say, hello, stranger, through an application on my iPhone 12. I, I can immediately, if you could immediately imagine shagging all these people, you'd need, you'd need to go and see Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. about yeah. An, an, an overactive plum or, or whatever. I mean, she doesn't take any women in her, uh, but, you know, whatever. Oh, Go and see um, male nurse Ratchet. Go and see, uh, what would what would Mildred's male counterpart be called? Aubrey. Aubrey Ratchet. <laughs> you could have gave me a thousand years and I would have never said that name. Yeah, you could have yeah. gave me so long to get that. was perfect. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. That's actually probably a much healthier way of viewing dating. Like, I can't picture myself fucking any of these people. <laughs> oh, good for you. Wow. Yeah, but make oh. fucking them like something that your brain earns. Like, yeah, no, that's way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's much better than how I operate anyway. Um, <laughs> My 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 brain does not have uh, uh, too great a filter in that department. So good for my mother, and I'm I'm glad she I'm glad she does. Um, but Billy's mother obviously is not like my mother. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, she, uh, I, I think it's about reminding Billy uh, of of authority. Oh, you've forgotten that you're terrified of authority, have you? Well, there is. There's there's something worse than me. If you've if you've yeah. forgotten that you're if you if you've forgotten that you live in fear, then let me remind you that there is something worse than me. And yeah, uh, which and is I'm a let which is what yeah know. makes it's a shit thing to do. But also, Ratchet has got to be just as a human being has got to be at her wits' end at this point. You know what I mean? Like I I thought oh. I could help you. I thought 
um, that you being around, I'll even give her the benefit of that, that maybe she thought him being around was going to be some sort of positive influence or countering Mm -hmm. influence to some of the other, uh, the patients, right? Like, Mm. like if you're scared and, uh, you know, to the point of inaction, maybe having someone around who's a little more impulsive. Yeah. He brings them out of themselves slightly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, you know, um, if you're having trouble keeping track of things, maybe playing cards is good for you. Um, you know, let's give her the benefit of the doubt there. But like, this is, this has got to put her over over the edge, right? Like, as a human, I'm not saying she's right as a professional, but I'm saying as a human being who shows up to work in the morning, fuck. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, but I, okay. The thing that pushes me, you to have the to side be of like, this is so evil, is because that's what launched him last time like that's what caused him to try and kill himself that's why he's here Mm. if somebody if you're like well you're here because you almost drowned at the pool guess who's going to the pool like (laughs) you can't no that's not how you do that at any moment even if you're at your wit's end you're still a professional you still have to kind of keep it together a little bit and at least not go nuclear Yes. <laughs> no, and that that like that's the the problem is that's the one point where she cro- and like on the rewatch crosses the line, but on the rewatch there's nothing that builds up to that because everything she does is so reasonable and professional given the context of the time, right? Like it's and and in no way did she earn being strangled by uh, McMurphy to the point where she has to wear a neck brace afterwards. Like she was literally almost killed by him. You know, yes. Do people have to wear neck braces after they almost get struck. It's like, why is there a neck brace on just to stop um, anybody from doing it again? Or if like, you've, I think maybe if you've damaged the trachea, you don't want it to like move. I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to wear a neck brace after I tried to bite your thorax out, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> just to go back, that'd be a good <laughs> sidestepping anybody in a neck brace. Going, no, thank you. It's a fiberglass there that I just can't get through. Yeah. Um, um, anything else we wanted to quickly touch on about one flew over the cuckoo's nest? I um uh, no, I had something to say when you were talking a minute ago, but I, I've I've actually lost it in that in that one moment. I do apologize. How no, that's all right. Realist. Okay, well then, uh, Roka, how about you? No, yeah, I think I'm tapped. I We're mean, good. I will say, if you want to do something fun, if you're like, okay, I'm going to go back and rewatch this movie, you should rewatch this movie and also read the Wikipedia page of the description of the plot line because the tones are very different. <laughs> it's very funny to read through that because the way it's written is like, this is Mick Murphy's redemption story. Like he, like uh, they call nurse, right? A cold, passive, aggressive tyrant who uses her authority to intimidate patients. She returns bruised and fearful, no longer uh, the same measure of control over her patients. McMurphy is a hero sacrifice. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, no, yeah. To the point where, like, we read the Wikipedia, and I'm like, Rebecca, are we sure we can do this? One? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? What I want to know is what noble Native American traditions does McMurphy embody that means that the chief is so sweet on him for the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think other than being outwardly racist towards him the first time he meets him. (laughs) I was just like, ooh, oh, yeah. No, that's not going to bring me out of my shell. Uh, You know, I am a man who has chosen not to speak to people for fear of social interaction. I'm going to pretend that I'm deaf and dumb. <laughs> but but your overt racism towards me, oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he done. Dirty. Yes, yeah. No, that, that I found that uh, quite perplexing. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I think maybe time to give our definitive rankings of how good uh, the villain is. Uh, I'll go first. I've got my uh, in honor of Jack Nicholson, obviously, who who is uh, McMurphy in this movie. I've done the Jack Nicholson rolls scale. Uh, so on a scale of the Joker in Batman 89 all the way up to a few good men, uh, I am going to rank Nurse Ratchet on as good as you get. Uh, because when it comes to mental health treatment in 1963, that's as good as you get. Uh, how about you, Elfie? Do you have a uh, do you have a ranking for us? Um, I'm going to say that 
Uh, do you like the way I'm phrasing this? I'm, 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 I'm actually, what I adore, Craig, is that your backdrop is one of these, uh, like a dressing um, curtain that you would go and get yeah. changed behind if you, so what I like is that there's a whole other, like somebody's having a great time in your bedroom just behind you. Oh, no. It's, <laughs> it's a printer and, and red. <laughs> <laughs> it looks real bad. Um <laughs> Uh, my scale um, is. I'm going to do a scale. I've I've got nothing. I'm so sorry. I've, oh my god! <laughs> don't worry about it. I actually oh. don't know whether I didn't read the full email or I didn't get it, but I <laughs> hope that I didn't. I wasn't sent it. Um, but I'm not sure how indignant slash guilty I should feel about the fact that I don't have a scale. A scale um. of come on. There's got to be a good scale that one can fit for immediately <laughs> off the top of your head. I think my scale is going to be the scale of um, uh, uh, mental uh, learning difficulties uh, from, and, and so my scale is a spectrum whereby, because everybody always says that uh, my friend Alex Edelman, who you may or may not know, has a joke about um, uh, everybody thinking he's autistic. And uh, uh, to paraphrase it, uh, check him out so that this doesn't isn't stealing from him. Um, he goes, uh, Alex, you must be on the spectrum. You must be on the spectrum. And he goes, of course I'm on the spectrum. Everybody's on the spectrum. That's what a spectrum is. <laughs> Which I adore because it is both, it's first of all true. It's a good point. Second of all, it is the most autistic answer that you could give to that. <laughs> um, That's great. Anyway, uh, I, uh Yeah. No, I don't have a scale, but I think right. it's an interesting point to think about uh, where you where, where you find yourself on that uh, institutionalized uh, mental health. Because I think in an age where we a lot of us have um, mental health problems or or more aware of the mental health problems that we do have, do you know what the funniest thing is that Nurse Ratchet probably has some mental health problems. She might oh, suffer yeah. with uh, depression and anxiety. Maybe she, uh, you know, she has some. She's probably going to have PTSD after what she's been yeah. through. Oh, um so you know there, there we go. are <laughs> how about you rebecca um for my scale i've got the things you don't want to fly over scale um so from an elderly nudist colony to the bermuda to the bermuda triangle i'm gonna rate uh, nurse ratchet at an area 51 there is less going on that you think but you might get shot down um, that's what I'll go for. Oh, that's for. good. I that's sort of crazy. get the game a lot more now, actually. Uh, <laughs> now that I've, heard, now that I've heard two of you do it, I'm a lot more aware of the rules. Weirdly um, enough, Rebecca, I was like, what flew in this movie? Why are you doing a fly? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, right, the name of the movie is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I did mean to look into why that's the name of the movie. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but guys, we'll get to our heroes and villains of the week in a minute. But first, a couple ways that you can support the podcast. So, of course, um, uh, as we mentioned off the top, we're doing Listener Request Month uh, next month. So we do love getting your suggestions. If you want to reach out to the podcast, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at VWR Podcast, Facebook at The Villain Was Right. And uh, if you want to email us, uh, you can email us at uh, villainwasright at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast. It's always good hearing from you. And uh, yeah, if you have a couple bucks to help and, out the podcast. <laughs> like every other podcast, we have Patreon, of course. Uh, you can hit us up on patreon.com slash villainwasright. We've got a lot of tears. We do two bonus episodes a month. Sometimes you guys send us suggestions that we're like, you got to get over the Patreon. We've covered it. Go check it out. Um, we are loose. Sometimes do we get dark? Absolutely. Come check it out. Uh, <laughs> penguins, got, penguins of Madagascar got dark this Oh month. my God. <laughs> penguins of Madagascar. Oh, but yeah. So dark. I want to watch that. It's like, why are we doing this? Anyway, doesn't matter. You can check that out at patreon.com slash villain was right if you want to sign up for that. Um, and as always, now it is time for our heroes and villains of the week. Uh, what do you got for us, Craig? Yeah, so I actually did have some Craig Fay versus technology stuff happen to me in the past week, uh, but I chose not to be negative. Uh, so I'm going to do something a little more positive. Uh, my hero of the week 
is dandelions. That's right, everybody. Dandelions, the flower. Uh, spring has sprung in Toronto. And uh, I was having this conversation with my sister. And I realized that we were sort of, however we were raised, it turns out that we have an appreciation of dandelions that 99% of the world does not have. And uh, that is because um, our mother would always give us a dollar to whichever kid found the first dandelion of spring. Right. So we were always on the lookout for it. It was always kind of this like nice, joyous sort of thing. Spring and Robin. Now, uh, granted, uh, climate change has really fucked that because like we can now find them 12 months out of the year. It's really bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, like here's the thing. If people think dandelions are weeds, they hate them. They're like, get them out of my lawn. Dandelions are a beautiful fucking flower. They're beautiful in every phase of their life. They're beautiful when they're like bright and yellow. They're beautiful when they're like the white fluffy things in the field. I don't know why people hate dandelions so much. It's like people people looked at a nice meadow and said, you know what would look good? That with less flowers. And that's what they want in their front lawn the whole time. Okay. It's, I love them. You can eat dandelions, by the way. There, you can have dandelion leaves in your salad. I don't, but you can. And like, legitimately, they make me happy. Like, like, do you remember when you were a kid playing in the schoolyard? It's like the girls would run, they would make necklaces and laurels out of these things. Okay. And, and to this day, if I'm walking, if I'm walking around, if I, if I bent down and picked up a dandelion off the park and I handed it to Kat, or, or if you're doing it and you hand it to anybody that you're dating or, or fancy or whatever, that is a genuinely sweet move. Like, tell me that wouldn't be like, oh, that's kind of nice. Like, it's not, it's not like roses or anything. But if roses grew between sidewalk pieces, we'd hate those two, right? <laughs> like, they're, they're robust. They grow everywhere. They're beautiful. Just leave them the fuck alone. Don't spray pesticides on them. Uh, pick, one for your, pick one for your special little person. I'm just going to say it. My hero of the week, Dandelion. My special little person. (laughs) (laughs) Who's my special little person? Whoever you you are. Looking at me in my mum's Tinder again. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) My special little. (laughs) Handing somebody a dandelion. There you are, my special little person. Well, when you say it with a British Pull accent, it sounds place. creepy. <laughs> well, yes, every, everything no, I, I say think, sounds creepy to an extent. I don't think that's what made that creepy, Craig. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we managed to turn dandelions dark, so there we go. No, no, no. Uh, I, like, I, 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 I do endorse your message, and uh, I think it was. I do think it was sweet, and I and I and I love dandelions, I, and I didn't know you could eat them, and I won't. The leaves, I think. Uh, so. so um, <laughs> Like, thank God, yeah. You didn't want to... You want to suck on that. <sighs> yeah. Uh, how are you, Alfie? Do you have a hero or villain of the week for us? Um, well, when I was thinking about doing this podcast, I was, uh, I, I, I watched a few movies and I was thinking about the villain. I, I realized that there was, a, there was something I wanted to do but didn't because it's a little bit too clever clogs, but, uh, or at least it, it's sort of a stupid one that wouldn't really work. But I do. I am now tempted to know, uh, now that I know that I can get you to do one's at my whim um, without me having to be a part of how good the ne- the podcast necessarily turns out. Um, I want you to do the stool in Million Dollar Baby. Um, uh, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I mean, we've done the shark from Jaws. So. We did. It's we argued a... for a shark for a full hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, 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 that was another one that I came up with. But my, my, um, yeah, I, I found out that you'd already done it through my, my our, our mutual contact. Um, yeah. So I think I'm going to get onto your. It's a very handsome Patreon you've got. So. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'll, I'll decide whether I want to be a Hank Scorpio, a T-80 Terminator, Two-Face or Golem. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about how you've ordered those, but I mean, it's your, <laughs> as well as we order our rankings. <laughs> yes, yes. Arbitrarily. That's how it's done. Okay, good. Good. Um, uh, yeah. So my, my villain of the week is going to be, uh, the, the stool. That's a baby. <laughs> We've never had anybody do anything like that, and I love it. Um, so I guess for my villain, I'm going to say, vil- yeah, villain. Okay, for my villain, 
Uh, we're going to go back in time for a minute. It's time for another fight story. Of course, how many fights have I seen in my life? So many. Um, and this, this particular one happened in a McDonald's where, you know, all, all you go for all of your domestic disputes, of course. Um, that's how you would do things. So I was at a McDonald's with some of my friends. This was like 10 years ago. And uh, I do this thing where I fit, especially when I'm a little drunk, I'm like, everyone's my friend. <laughs> everyone's nice to me. Everyone's my friend. Everything's wonderful. Sunshine daisies. Um, so in the this was in Ottawa. And if you're in Ottawa, um, the they lock the bathroom doors. Like you have to get like you have to get the employees to unlock them to go in. I told this woman behind the counter, I was like, listen, I need to go to the bathroom. Can you open me up? She goes, yes. I get over there. I uh, I kind of, I unlock the door at the same time a guy's trying to unlock the door on his side. We both turn the handles. Mine works. His doesn't. It's 1 a.m. I'm like, fuck it. Um, hey, if you want to, there's stalls here. I don't mind if you use the bathroom. That's fine. Why, as a young woman, I would invite a strange man into an enclosed space with me? It is beyond me at this moment, but uh, that's what I did. So I'm in there, and everything's going fine. He's still kind of talking to me, but that's fine. Like, I'm doing What's my he business, saying? whatever. He's like, you know, oh, that's so nice. You know, you're so cool, da-da-da-da-da. Like, nobody right. acts like this, da-da-da-da-da, whatever, right? But I'm like, fine. But... I'm in the stall, I'm finished, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait till he leaves, like washes his hands, he leaves, and then I'll leave. And that'll make me feel a little better about this terrible decision I've made. Um, so instead, so I'm sitting there and I'm waiting, and this guy, thank God, like thank the good Lord I was done, because this guy starts hanging over the stall. He gets, he grabs the stall, like, pushes himself over and is like, yo, girl, can I have your number? I want your number. Can I have your number? And I'm like, oh my God, why is this man over the stall? Like, And I'm like, sure, buddy. Like, you just got to give me some space though. Like, I'm trying to talk him down. I'm like, I need a little room. Can I get out? Like, what the fuck, right? So he gets off the stall. I'm like mentally collecting myself. I'm like, what the, what do I do? Like, what do I do with this person? So I, I, he's standing there waiting for me. So I walk out and I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm sorry. Like, if I gave you the wrong impression, of course, I'm going to apologize to him. I'm sorry I gave you the wrong impression. Um, I'm actually, I'm here with my boyfriend. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not interested, whatever. Right. And I leave. Well, and then, of course, I walk out and I do that thing that most women do. And they get their nearest guy friend and they go, you're my boyfriend. <laughs> Just so you know, you're my boyfriend for the next five minutes. OK, like you're my boyfriend. Thank you. Uh, I'm sorry you have to have the blunt of this bad decision that I've just made. Uh, whatever. But I figure this guy's not going to say anything. I'm hoping it's chill. Hoping it passes. Um, the surprising twist to this story is this guy comes out says something really like I can't remember exactly what it is but he was like polite to me he comes out he's like hey man I'm so sorry and he looks at the guy that I'm standing with and he looks at it because presumably this is my boyfriend he goes hey man I'm so sorry I didn't mean to disrespect your girl or anything and my friend just goes no it's totally fine that's totally chill don't worry about it have a great night and that's when this man's friend decided that we were disrespecting him and how dare we so None of the people involved in this have a problem. <laughs> but this guy's friend walks up to him and he's like, you're, you're disrespecting my boy right now? You're disrespecting my boy. And he starts grabbing his pants like he has a gun. He's like, oh, you want to see how far you want to go? You want to see how far you want to go, right? And my friends don't like that. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they threw the first punch. But this turned into a seven-man brawl. And I am watching this unfold. I'm standing, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, guys, like, let's just leave. Like, I'm yelling at them. I'm like, let's just leave. Let's go. Like, please, like, let's not do this. This is madness. Like, I'm screaming at them. And that's when I saw a grown man hit another grown man with a wet floor sign. And I was like, all right, we're <laughs> like, it's the fucking WWE. I don't know what was going on, but that legitimately did make me laugh. <laughs> So I'm just laughing in this McDonald's. People are being, whatever. All of a sudden, as soon as somebody does that, hits them, 
everybody stops because that's an insane thing to do and see. And they're like, I, and then the one guy goes, I'm going to go home, get my gun. I'm coming right back. And that's when we all bounced out at the same time. Um, couple of villains there. I, me, light villain, I would say I should not have done that. I started that whole thing going, but how could I have known? <laughs> You're like the little domino that gets like the big, like it just builds and builds. Like you know, doing You're the it. little pebble at the top of the snow hill that rolls into a- it. I think if my villain was the stool and your hero is the wet floor sign, certainly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. That's a, a quite an incredible story. Um, <laughs> Uh, 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 on what I gather is a regular podcast, that sort of thing <laughs> doesn't happen <laughs> too often. Uh, but also, you saw another fight. I mean, what is is this an is this a an Ontario thing? Is this a Ontario like kind of? I think uh, confirm or deny, Craig. How many fights have you seen? <laughs> this is me, a Rebecca thing. <laughs> oh, okay. I was worried about that. I was worried that that might be a me thing. I mean, my my hero of the week was Dandelions. How many fights do you think I've seen? <laughs> you could have seen a lot. <laughs> I uh, I can't recall like too many fights that I, I've seen. I, I don't know. Yeah, They're certainly not the stories that you have. Rebecca. What city? I think maybe I, I call it quits earlier in the night than you as a young young person. Let's put it that way. Yeah. What yeah. what city are you in in Ontario? Toronto. Yeah, we're Toronto. both currently in Toronto now, but I bopped around a little bit. Yeah. And I think I still kept that small town shine on me, which is <laughs> questionable. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I think that does it uh, for us this week. Uh, Alfie, uh, where can people find you? Um, well, uh, what do you got or- coming up? All over the World Wide Web. Um, there's a, a t- Instagram, a Twitter, uh, my mother's dating profiles. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, they're on YouTube. My special imagination is out. If you watch it, also give it a like and write a comment because it helps the algorithm and more people to see it. And therefore, it just does me a little favor. So if you like it, then reward the fact that you've watched it for free by leaving a comment or giving a like or both uh, because it helps the algorithm. And then more people come in to see me play on tour. I uh, eat better and nicer things. I buy things like orange wine and um, and, uh, and and nice meals out with friends and family and loved ones. And, um, and life generally, I live a better quality of life uh, with your help. Uh, so just fucking like the video is what I'm saying. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Instagram is fine. I don't promise you anything, but there we are. Um, follow it. That's where you'll find out about all up and coming shows and projects, podcasts, perhaps. How many podcasts mm. have you got each in the, uh, is this the, is this your, your, this is the one and only, this is the yeah. one and only good. Good for you. That's very yeah. good to hear. Oh my God. Is that just at Alfie Brown? Alfie Brown comedian. Comedian, okay. At Alfie Brown Comedian, guys, follow Alfie. Get on it. It's great content. You should check out that hour special for sure. Thank uh, you. How about you, Rebecca? Oh, Where can people grab you? You know me. I got a lot going on, guys. Uh, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on any platform of your choosing. Am I doing stuff on there? Maybe. <laughs> what day is it? Let's see. I don't know. Uh, it's a pandemic. My God. It's <laughs> how's your creativity doing in this p- pandemic? Oh, it's it's all going in one place. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're gonna do this, and then we're gonna yeah. go nap. Is what we're gonna is what's gonna happen. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, yeah, and you guys can uh, follow me at Craig Fay Comedy on Twitter, uh, Craig Fay Comedy on Facebook, CraigFay.com for shows when those come back. And uh, that does it for us this week on the Villain Was Right. Uh, tune in next week. It's audience choice uh, for May uh, uh, coming up. Uh, so it's legally blonde. You guys voted, and it's legally blonde. Next Next week and until then uh this is the villain was right reminding you to flew out of that cuckoo's nest when you got the chance <laughs> the villain was right was produced by andrew Ivamy for the from superheroes network for more great podcasts like this as well as youtube series web comics and so much more visit from superheroes.com <laughs>